From the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy! Hello and welcome back to Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Sarah Foss and I'm joined today by the friend of the pod, our friend of the pod, Buzzy Cohen. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Uh, being a friend of the pod sounds like I'm on a very special episode of Flipper or something like that. Oh, uh, like yeah, a, like our favorite dolphin. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But well, I'm, I'm actually, happy to be here. <laughs> we, we're stealing that from Michael Davies. That's <laughs> yes. something he says on his other pod. In absentia. Yes. Since he's not here, I just wanted him to feel a part of it all. So I brought out the friend of the pod. But whatever kind of friend you are, I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy and to be here. what a week it's been. Amazing week. I got to say, before we jump in, and I just... You know, I know we're going to get into recaps. We're going to talk about what's going on with Celebrity. We've got a lot to cover. But watching this week's shows, this past week's shows, great content. I just got to say, sometimes you have those weeks where you just love the games. You yes. love the content. And this was one of those weeks where I was just like, heck yeah, writers, you are crushing it. So Season 39. Coming on with a vengeance. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, busy week, as we said. We watched Emmett Stanton continue his run. We were reintroduced to a special champion from Jeopardy's past in Martha Bath. I couldn't love her more. Last night's Celebrity Jeopardy premiered in primetime. And if that all wasn't enough, we hosted our first ever Jeopardy honors event. So much to cover. Let's get right into it, Buzzy. We might need an extra hour, an extended edition yes, for this. Yes, just grab a coffee or whatever you do when you watch or listen to Inside Jeopardy and pull up a chair. It might yeah. be a minute. Let's jump in. Monday's game, Emmett Stanton returning champion after ousting our friend Luigi. Yes. I do want to discuss uh, Emmett's daily double wager here. It was the last clue of um, double Jeopardy. He's in the lead by 1400 and he wagered $2,000. Now, that is... <laughs> I, I understand. Now, tell I've, me what's happening here from a champion's perspective. Tell me what's going on. Uh, I feel for him because I made a very similar mistake in the semifinal match of the Tournament of Champions back in 2017. This is a situation where you're thinking about your wagering as a daily double and not thinking about it in the context of the story of the game. So later in the game, there's less time to make that money back up. And here's a situation. It's the final clue. Do you want to be the one declaring how much has to be wagered, i.e. in first place going into final? Or do you want to have to make that up? So I think this is one of those times where you say $5. Minimum daily double wager. But a lot of our contestants say that even though the scores are up there in the moment of the game, they aren't even present to where they are in relation to the other players. So oftentimes it's just a wager and it's not necessarily the smartest wager, but you're just in the moment. It's a daily double. You can't really process it all right then. And also, you know, a lot of the times as a contestant, we're trying to push ourselves to make bigger daily double wagers. Here's a situation where you need to look at the game and say, I got to just kick the can and make it to final. All right, now we need to talk about Final Jeopardy yes. and Emmett's response of the Emancipation Proclamation. A lot of people comparing this to um, Sadie Goldberger and a Harriet Tubman situation. Mm. I do have to say that in this case, Emmett did finish writing with the stylus pen before the time was up, and we were able to see every character, and that although it may be messy, that he had completed every character in Proclamation. And that was the difference between this ruling and the Sadie ruling. Um, I understand it's hard for those at home, but please, as I always say, we stop the tape. We go back and watch. We really take the extra time to make sure that we're making 
the most fair ruling. And I appreciate everyone's comments at home. <laughs> I really do. But I want you to know that we're always on the side of the contestant, all of the contestants, and making sure that we make the right decision. And uh, I have to say that Emancipation Proclamation brought me back to a controversial Kids Jeopardy. Was it Kids yes. or Teen Jeopardy where it there was, was emancipation yes. or something like that? And it changed the actual you know, yeah. pronunciation of Tough. the response, which is one of our rules as well. Yes, this was um, yeah. Emmett Lives to Play Another Day. And I will say that Jason Freeman loved his look and style and vibe. Yeah. Really came in Absolutely. with something interesting. I think Lily would have some comments. She did have some comments. <laughs> um, all right, Tuesday moving on. We've got two new uh, impeccably dressed, very, very sharp looking competitors. Emmett had to make a comeback in this one. He did. And once again, the only one to respond correctly in Final Jeopardy. Ends up finishing the game with $30,800. You know, I know that the content this week was great because we had big scores. And that's when you know the Jeopardy contestants are really having fun and playing hard. Heading into Wednesday's game, I mentioned her before. Martha Bath, she goes up against Emmett Stanton and Christopher Pennant. And Martha was on Jeopardy with Art Fleming 50 years ago. She wins $40 and a set of encyclopedias. This was just one of those moments that she goes home and also wins $30,800 and defeats a three-day champion in Emmett Stanton. And I have to say, I don't know what Martha Bath is doing, if she's doing, you know, like uh, the stem cell baths or whatever, but (laughs) I could not believe that she was able to be on a game show 50 years ago. She looks amazing and plays really well. Really strong. Another one of these moments, uh, we always promise we're going to bring you these here on Inside Jeopardy. One of our judges' rulings, uh, there was a response where Martha responded in the clue about no country for old men. A lot of people picked up and thought that she said man. Again, we went back and listened to the tape. We stopped the show at this point. At the end, we ended up just deciding it was really more her accent and that there was no way to identify you know, clearly that she had said one versus the other. And so she did get that response correct. And Christopher Pennant, one of the other challengers, you may recognize him. He actually played on your other show, Buzzy, The Chase, where he Mm. beat Brad Rutter and won almost $100,000. Wow. Beating Brad Rutter is always a good feeling. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Someone who has never done it, uh, I can just imagine. You can just imagine. Uh, And I I have to say, I really love this final. It was a very interesting, fun clue to put together. Um, You know, you got to know that Einstein was a professor at Princeton, but also just a fun, interesting fact behind this famous photograph that now we can all share with our friends. Yes, it, it gave context to something we've looked at for years. years. And now we know, ah, I love when a final can do that. And that's what our writers always strive to do. And they knocked it out of the park, as you said. Heading into Thursday, we've got Martha as the returning champion up against Michael and Linda. And this one had a great category of Beyonce songs. And we got to have Ken Jennings say, Becky with the good hair. As he says so well. Yeah, he says it every day at <laughs> home. Finally, we get him to say it on the show. This was just a really fun time to once again hear from Martha as well. You know, she talked about how her husband had not been able to see her when she played 50 years ago because he was on a submarine oh and, and literally out to sea. <laughs> but this time, not only was he able to watch her, he was able to watch her live because we have our studio audience back. Yep. So nice to see them together and to have him watch her become a champion. It was only a one-day champion, 
But hey, they went into final jeopardy and they all got it correct, which is such a great feeling. Michael goes on to win the game, but I had the chance to talk with Martha after this show and I'd love for you to take a listen. Martha Bath, you may not have heard this 50 years ago when you played Jeopardy, but you hear it today. You are a Jeopardy champion. How does it feel? Amazing. At redemption. Redemption. You know, you went there. I was so young. I was really a deer in the headlights. The audience was large. Rockefeller Center. I was 21 years old. You know, so yes, it's very exciting. How does that experience compare to being here today? That time, it was a simpler time. You got there, you pretty much went in and man, you rolled. Nothing stopped, nothing changed. And they would read the clue and then you could buzz in at any time. And then they stopped reading the clue. So it was a very, very, very fast pace, very different. Um, this is a lot more sophisticated. Do you happen to remember what your final Jeopardy clue was? Uh, the, the category was state capitals, and the clue was what state and its capital both have five letters in their names. Did anyone get it correct? Everybody but me. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny part was, so it's Boise, Idaho, and I was all over the map. Augusta, Maine, Austin, Texas, never got to Idaho. After they went to break, um, I said to Art Fleming, you're not going to believe this. I just moved to Connecticut from Idaho. But I only <laughs> lived there a short amount of time. And he said, would you be willing to tell the audience that? And I said, yes, so I did. And of course, they had to chuckle. I think you could be our only contestant to have played with Art Fleming as host and Ken Jennings. I know. And how did I miss Alex? How did you miss Alex? Were you we trying out Alex. in those years? The last couple of years, yes. Well, Alex so. would have loved having you back, loved to see you as a Jeopardy! champion. The first time you took home $40 and a set of encyclopedias, mm -hmm. this time over $30,000. I know. Any plans for those winnings? Um, well, we have some friends that we travel with a bit, and they have a little bit better means than we do. And she said, go get them so we can travel more together. <laughs> Yes. I love it. Any destination in mind? One in particular we are looking to go to, and that is to go to Jordan and start at Petra and then go down through Abu Simbal and then down to the pyramids of Egypt. You know, it just, I, that would be so exciting to me because it's such, um, such a wonder. Well, speaking of Alex Trebek, I had the pleasure of going to Petra with him. Oh. He loved it. I loved it. You have to go. That's our plan. Now, I have to ask, for those that are Art Fleming fans of Jeopardy!, Alex Trebek fans and Ken Jennings and Mayim fans, mm -hmm. what would you like to say to them, having watched through all these years and having <sighs> experienced the show through all these years? Thanks for being such great hosts, making the contestants feel so good, just bringing, for me, joy into my living room every night at, in our case, 7.30. <laughs> right in Seattle on Como, right? Yes, Seattle on Como. Now, this time, we know you had your husband in the audience. He yes. was on a submarine the last time you played Jeopardy. <laughs> what was it like to know that he was in the audience, seeing just how good you are at this game, Martha? I was just so glad he could be here because for years he kept saying, I wish I could have seen it. I wish I could have seen it. It was nice to have him here to have his support. Last time I was just, I got on the subway and went up myself and, you know, all by myself, 21 and this time it was great to have my husband with me because he's a huge support. Monday is our 52nd anniversary. Well, what an anniversary so. gift. You were a gift to us, Martha. It was so oh, much fun so to nice. watch you play. And congratulations on a great victory. Well, thank you and thank Jeopardy. 
thank you for giving us that insight and that interview. Always great to hear from someone who's part of Jeopardy history. Everyone who gets on the show is part of Jeopardy history, but really the whole arc of this show. Yes, she's like the lifeline all the way back to the beginning. Coming into Friday, we've got Michael as our returning champion up against Jenny and Navid. Yes, my favorite category, tiny three-letter words. <laughs> Any chance I get to see, you know, the response was dab. And Jenny and Ken, they dabbed. Did you know Ken could dab? I, I had a hunch Ken could dab because he has, um, you know, joints in his arms <laughs> and shoulders. Wow, but, um, I that, think the much, last time, that much confidence. I think the last time we saw a dab was at the teen tournament, I believe, when the yes, three finalists did a coordinated dab. as they dab. were introduced, yes. Yeah, I love a coordinated final intro. I wonder where that idea oh, came from. Oh, I know. From. Who would have ever come up with something so creative? Buzzy um, Cohen. Michael played incredible. We had um, a great final. Just, like I said, great content this week, the Beowulf final. Michael continuing on. We'll see more from him on Monday. I think he's one to watch. Yeah, final score, $17,201. He gets to enjoy the weekend as a Jeopardy champion. Always a good way to spend your weekend. Yeah. We have another show to talk about because this is the premiere. We just had the premiere last night of Celebrity, Celebrity Jeopardy. Jeopardy. In primetime. That's right. <laughs> Maya and Bialik coming in to host Celebrity Jeopardy in primetime. It's never been done before. And it seemed only fitting if we were going to do something new and in primetime. We've talked about it. We added the round of triple jeopardy, and we started out our first show with three fun competitors. You know, as a game player, having six daily doubles on the board, I think we're going to see some really exciting games. And we had a Celebrity Jeopardy icon on this first episode, Andy Richter. He was in our million-dollar invitational, Celebrity Invitational, years ago. He actually won his game and was supposed to come back in the semifinals. But that was right around the time when a little thing happened with Conan and The Tonight Show. And so he had to go on tour, and he wasn't able to compete. I have to say his challengers, Ego Wodum and Simu Leo, were a little shocked and maybe a little intimidated when they heard that Andy Richter was not only a Jeopardy champion coming back, but that he had also participated and done well in a tournament. They were feeling a little bit intimidated. Well, they may have felt a little intimidated, but I think all three players played really well. I was, imp- you know, you always you're always a little nervous for them. We were fans of these people. We want them to do well, and they really did a very very respectable job up there. Yeah, and they looked like they were having fun. I think especially when they saw that whoa that category that just really sold it. Fashion with Buzzy Cohen. Well, thank you. I was very excited. <laughs> I was honored to be asked. It's. I think this is going to be fun. I think there might be some other former champions yes. making appearances. Yes. Well, as we've alluded to, for celebrity, we really wanted to focus for our video categories on our celebrities, on our Jeopardy <laughs> superstars, um, whom in our community are the biggest and the brightest. So we started out with a bang with you doing fashion. It was, uh, you know, any chance to show off clothes, talk about fashion was fun. I also have a little bit of Inside Jeopardy intel. I spoke to Michelle Loud, and she confirmed that fashion with Buzzy Cohen is the first ever Triple Jeopardy category. It was the first category that they put in Triple Jeopardy. So I am officially wow. in the you Jeopardy history books. in the history books. Uh, back to gameplay, Andy really was on a tear. He ran he really the Wild was. Wild West category. He ran alphabetically last. I mean, it was looking like... This was his, and that Simu and Ego were just kind of along for the ride, although playing well and having fun, but that that Andy was going to walk away with this. Totally, until, as we've discussed, Final Jeopardy, Landlocked Countries, 
correct answer, Vatican City. I thought, you know, when you get into the micronations, for a second watching this, I was like, is it Vatican City? And then I had a moment of San Marino in there, but quickly was like, no, Vatican City smaller. But it is, you know, this is the kind of thing where Jeopardy fans know that that is the tiny little country inside a city. But that's how Simu came out, a champion, a real upset champion. It's exciting. It was so exciting. Ironically, in double Jeopardy, there was a clue. The Pope also holds the title bishop of this city. Simu rang in with Vatican City at that point. The correct response, of course, Rome. Mm -hmm. But he told me later when I was catching up with him that Vatican was kind of in his head because of that. And that really helped kind of get his memory to that later in the game. You can't anticipate that that's going to happen. But his reaction when he was declared the winner priceless he was so surprised and now we will see Simu Liu in the semifinals because just to remind people how this uh, championship for celebrity is going to go we're going to play three essential like quarterfinals but you know it's their initial game and then the winner of each of those will go on to a semifinal we're basically doing that three times and then the winner of each of those semifinals will play in one final one hour game for one million dollars to go to the charity that they have selected so these are big stakes big stakes and great gameplay so i'm looking forward to weeks to come yeah lots 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 of fun all right we're moving on to our jeopardy honors event This was just such a special evening, you know, commemorating our players in a way that we've never done before. And we kicked off the night with our blue carpet arrivals, (laughs) only uh, appropriate for Jeopardy, of course. Buzzy and I got to do those interviews together. We had a chance to talk to so many people on the blue carpet. Johnny Gilbert, Gene Trebek, Tony Griffin, the son of Jewel Ann and Merv Griffin, our TOC champion, the reigning for now, TOC champion Sam Cavanaugh. And all of our TOC competitors. And, you know, the Second Chance competition had taped just days before. So we were able to invite those who were receiving awards to join us that evening as well. And we had another special guest, Lily Nelson, who you may know as One Eclectic Mom on Twitter. She joined us as our fashion expert. Every carpet, whatever color, red or blue, needs a fashion expert. And we spoke with Lily after the event about her favorite looks and what she's looking forward to or not looking forward to in season 39. Let's listen to that conversation now from a fashion standpoint (laughs) well we really couldn't be complete in talking about the jeopardy honors event without talking fashion so buzzy i say it's time to bring in the one and only one eclectic mom lily hi (laughs) it's nice to be here you were the jeopardy joan rivers in a lot of ways oh Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You're so many things, but more than anything, you're just a welcome part of our Jeopardy community. Everyone loves the positive way that you respond about wardrobe and clothing on the show, whether it's the hosts or the contestants. So we had to have you at the Jeopardy Honors event as a fashion correspondent. What are your thoughts? Uh, One of my favorites was Brian Chang (laughs) because he totally trolled me by wearing an orange quarter zip with a suit. Yeah. With a bow tie. With a bow tie. (laughs) And he leveled up by also wearing orange shoes and orange cufflinks and an orange pocket square. The orange shoes blew my mind. Yes. They really looked good on the blue carpet. I didn't know if I... (laughs) If I hated them or coveted them, it was a really, it was one of those weird, like, do I love it? Do I hate it? You should get some and you should try it out next time. Uh, I just love that he went all in. Like, he was committed. So, does the orange have significance for him or is it just, I'm going to wear a quarter zip? 
I think he wore the orange quarter zip on his one of his shows. Yes, he did. You don't have a chart of that to confirm it. I wasn't tracking it at that time. <laughs> I'll make a spreadsheet when I get home. For those of you home. that don't know, Lily makes some pretty incredible charts. Yep. Uh, I think you have every outfit Ken Jennings has ever worn as host yes. charted, as well as Maya Bialik. It's impressive. Any other standouts for you at the honors event? Um, Buzzy, obviously. Oh, <laughs> obviously. Let's talk about Buzzy. Buzzy was wearing a red suit and a skinny tie that was very trendy. A lapel <laughs> flower. Yeah. Uh, a white pocket square. That's right. Wow. And his signature eyewear. Signature eyewear. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about your wardrobe. Yes. Oh. I was blown away because I said, who are you wearing, of course, and you said... Uh, it's a One Eclectic Mom original. An original. Yes. Hello. And I considered it a study material for our contestants That's right. who were in attendance. Tell us more about it, Lily. Uh, it was a light blue uh, satin top with a dark blue satin skirt with an overlay of a constellations mesh that was sparkly and had embroidered constellations. Real constellations, as Buzzy was trying to identify during yeah. the interview. Yeah, a little Cassiopeia <laughs> during saw the Cassiopeia, interview. Cassiopeia, <laughs> saw Orion, yep. How did you feel being in attendance at the first ever Jeopardy! Honors event? Oh, it was amazing. It was almost like a family reunion, even though I had never met anyone before. <laughs> um, it was so amazing seeing everybody. It was a really cool event. I hope you guys do it every year. Which contestant fashion-wise were you most excited to see? Uh, Cindy Zhang. Obviously, she was one of the first contestants on the show that I was really enamored with her fashion and so I was really excited to see what she was wearing which was a black jumpsuit with cool metal grommets and like a lace halter um and I was excited to see you obviously Buzzy um <laughs> um Sam Cavanaugh the reigning 2021 TOC champ had a very cool printed shirt uh white sneakers pocket square very very cool vibes season 38 you waged your war on the quarter zip Season 39, who's in your sights? What are we canceling for season 39? That's 30? what I want to know. What should the contestants avoid if they don't want to get oh. on Lily's list? The light-colored, like, very light blue or white shirt with just a plain navy blazer. Agreed. Is, mm-hmm. If that's all you have, like, I'm not judging, okay? Because that I'm Slightly not going to judge. Judging. Maybe... Buzzy's judging. <laughs> I think you can pull that off in certain contexts, but there's something about it that to me, I, I totally understand what you're saying because it feels much like a quarter zip, like you're gi- you're giving us the bare minimum. The bare minimum. It's the and, bare minimum. And if it's once in a while, it's not a big deal. But when there's a contestant every week and it's like so plain and it's ba- and I have nothing to tweet about it and then I have to make up things to fill my characters on Twitter. So that's pretty much why. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm with you. I will I'll wage that war with you. What I will say is if they can find if you've got a double breasted blue blazer, hello, yes. I'm in. Really? If you've got, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you lost me. <laughs> you know, it, a, a well-tailored double-breasted mm-hmm. jacket. I'm I'm trying to pull it off. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> if you've got, you know, a pick stitch, a peak lapel, hacking pockets. If you're bringing something to the game with that blue blazer. A pocket blazer, square. Pocket square. Something. Just- or a Go tie. to Buzzy's closet and take a pocket square and. I wonder if we should a have a new square. game where I go through the contest. I, I just have a box of fun, and as the contestants, right before they get on stage, I just give You're them. You're like, li- you don't have enough flair. I give them a little Here's piece, a of, piece flare. of flair. Yeah. Buzzy's box of flair. Yes, <laughs> that's gonna happen. That's a that's a new podcast. 
Lily, will you continue to keep doing fashion for Jeopardy? Of course. We can't imagine a world without one eclectic mom (laughs) in it. We're so happy that you joined us on the podcast. We're so happy you joined us at the honors event. And we look forward to continuing to see your positive, wonderful energy on the Internet. I like to say viral for good. Viral for good, yeah. Let's have Lily keep going viral for good. We love it. The wholesome version of viral. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm just glad to be a part of it. Thank you so much for having me. So great to finally meet Lily. I actually feel like I know her because of all of her Twitter commentary and just her love and support of the show. She's just one of those positive and fun contributions to our Jeopardy community, and it was really great to to meet her in person. You and I were like- Starstruck. Yeah. Fully starstruck. Yes. Uh, Viral for good. Well, after the blue carpet, it was time to kick off the ceremony, and we opened with a very fitting award. Now- I'm sure that if Jeopardy honors existed during my run, I would have been the recipient of this award. Yes, and we should mention you were our host for oh, this yes. event. I was very uh, touched to be asked to host You it. were our talented host, and you did present the award for Best Dressed, and it went to Young Shen Wong. So fun to have him there. Uh, big energy. Yeah. He was actually an alternate in the Tournament of Champions, so he was also just happened to be in attendance <laughs> or in town. Um, he's also from Los Angeles, but... I love that he came up to accept his award with a beer in one hand, and then yeah. he walked off stage with a trophy in the other. Yeah, beautiful trophies. Uh, and everyone, you know, this was just, it was a great ceremony in that we had this these kind of fun categories and also s- showed the history and what, what is great about the sportsmanship, et cetera, of the show. Moving on to our next category, yes, Sarah. Yes, Best Signature came up next. Ken Jennings joined you to present that award. And, you know, he had a little experience writing his name. In his initial run, he did write it 75 times. And then, of course, he went on to write it several more times in various competitions. So seemed only fitting that Ken Jennings presented that award to Cindy Jung. The next award was given to Jeopardy contestant who just could not contain their excitement. We've all, not we've all, those of us who have won know <laughs> yes, what not it's me, like. <laughs> <laughs> those of us who have won know what that feeling is like, but sometimes it's a little more internal. This was a very external one. The award for best celebration went to Roan Talsma. Yes, that moment when he defeated Amy Schneider as a 40-day champion. Almost as surprised as Simu Liu was to defeat Andy Richter, but that moment for Rome, we felt, definitely gave him the moment for best celebration. And moving on to our next award, you know, we always talk about how special this community is and how kind our contestants are to each other and really just what a, a unique environment it presents. And so in this event, we wanted to showcase a player who exemplified that great sportsmanship. So our sportsmanship award went to James Weldon. If you don't remember, he's the one that famously loaned sweaters to Matt Amodio during his run. Matt talked about it in one of his interviews, and we thought, who better to receive our first sportsmanship award at the Jeopardy Honors? Yes, one of many small and big moments where the Jeopardy community really holds each other up. Um, In a historical season of huge moments, we looked at a moment that stood out against the rest, and the award for best game moment went to Matt Amodio, Jessica Stevens, and Jonathan Fisher. That was, I mean, a game for the ages. It was. I mean, to have them all so close, all performing so well, to have Jonathan defeat a 38-day champion, go on to win 11 games, Jessica gets invited back for second chance, like it had all the makings of the best game moment of the season. And so they were our award winners for that. Next up, I think the biggest award that had the most at stake, you might say, was our most valuable player. And in this season of Super Champions, it was difficult to single out the single player who should receive it. But 
when we really looked at it, well, it should be probably the person who alone won 17% of the total games played last season. MVP goes to 40-game winner Amy Schneider. A legend by any account, just an incredible player, an incredible person, and certainly well-deserving of this award. Absolutely. Um, And the final award was a really special one, Sarah. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. To wrap up the awards, um, Jean Trebek joined the stage, and she recognized the Alex Trebek Person of the Year. This award, we wanted to go to someone who, like Alex, has generously committed their time to philanthropic work, someone who along with his wife, has really worked to make a difference in their community of Las Vegas, most specifically through an organization called Project 150 that helps homeless teens with everything from food and clothing to college scholarships. The award for the Alex Trebek Person of the Year went to James Holtzauer. He was there with Melissa. And in addition to the award, we also announced that Jeopardy! would be making a $10,000 donation to Project 150. So... That was a real touching moment. So mm-hmm. great to see Gene. And then we headed right into inducting our inaugural Jeopardy! Hall of Fame class of 2022. This was just a really special moment to acknowledge those pioneers of the program, the people that we look to who have paved the way for us to still love and enjoy this wonderful show. Yeah, and I have to say, you know, as as much fun as the first set of awards, the honors yeah. were, the Hall of Fame was really touching. And from the stage, I could see Michael Davies and I could see as these people were talking about the history of the show, you know, the look in his eye. I think all of us really felt part of this continuum of history that started with these five pioneers of the show. Yeah. So we've talked about them. Mervyn <laughs> Julian Griffin, uh, Tony accepted for them. Harry Friedman wasn't able to be at this ceremony, but he did send in a wonderful video message and just reminded me what an impact he made on the show. Also, Johnny Gilbert was there with his wife, Sherry. So great to see Johnny in person. And finally, of course, Jean Trebek was there with two of her children to accept for Alex. So that was really the... It was really special. Yeah. What a fun evening. I really, again, I can't say how, how honored I was to be included. Already looking forward to next year. Hopefully they ask me back. I did insult a few people. <laughs> Maybe I might not get asked back, but we'll see. Uh, and you'll be able to watch the full event along with our blue carpet interviews exclusively on Jeopardy's YouTube channel later this week. Official invite will be coming your way soon and subscribe to that channel so you don't miss it. Yeah, do not miss it. All right, we're moving on to viewer questions. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. 
As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. Corient.com. Jake asks Earlier this year for Jeopardy, you pulled out the original pilot with Art Fleming. I wasn't alive when he was hosting the show, and I found that really interesting to watch. Do you have access to other Art Fleming episodes? I asked this because I was wondering if it would be possible for you to pull out Martha Bath's original episode in light of her success on the show. Oh, I wish we did, Jake. I wish we had more of those. The episode that we showed, as you mentioned, it was the original pilot. We don't even have the first, you know, episode of the show. We just have this pilot, you know, that never did actually broadcast and where they were still kind of working out a bit of how the show would go. We asked Martha if she even had any photos from her appearance 50 years ago, and she didn't. It's just one of those things um tape used to be so big and so heavy over time they just didn't have the space or storage to to store all these older programs and now obviously we could convert it all to digital but it's uh it's lost and i have to imagine that you know television was an ephemeral format the idea you know you'd watch a show the idea of a rerun wasn't even around right. when this show was created so why you know why would you keep it and and also especially you know i'm sure this game show is one of hundreds exactly. that were airing so we who knew that it would be part of such a storied history if only we could have known because there are so many special episodes i would love to be able to go back and watch but i have my i have my imagination <laughs> david asks big fan of the podcast always a big fan of behind the scenes of my favorite shows and movies you guys are the director's commentary track to my favorite show oh, which we david yeah we've talked about maybe doing a a, a, a listen along like yes. where you have you can hit play at the same time as an episode but we'll do that maybe another time we wanted to go back to buzzy's episodes <laughs> we want to do that i remember pre-pandemic alex was famous for taking questions from the audience between rounds now that the audience is back for the first time since alex's passing is the host also taking questions from the audience if not what happens between rounds now. Great question, David. I am happy to say that, yes, Ken is back to taking questions from the audience. So great to hear, you know, just that that interaction that I used to love listening to Alex. I haven't quite, you know, memorized all of Ken's responses yet, but I certainly <laughs> knew what Alex's favorite meal was, what he had for breakfast, boxers or briefs. Like, I knew all the responses, favorite book. But interestingly enough for Ken, the one time when he doesn't take questions is during the break right before final when they're mm -hmm. wagering. Um, he really feels like that's such a, a special time for the contestant to really not only focus on what the wager will be, but what the category is and start maybe anticipating some possible responses. So he doesn't answer questions in that segment, but he certainly does in the others. And it's just a really nice thing to have it back. And having been in the studio for a couple of tapings, I can say it's really fun to see the kinds of questions people ask because Ken is the host of the show. He's also the greatest of all time. He's also, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different things that people right. ask him um, about hosting, about, you know, he's a writer. So people ask him about his books and, and it's just really fun. And I think um, it's great to see Ken sharing more of himself with with the fans. 
this has really become one of our favorite parts of the show. Please keep sending in your questions to InsideJeopardyPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, Buzzy, that wraps up another episode of Inside Jeopardy. Thank you, as always, for joining us here on the podcast and also for being a part of our first ever Jeopardy honors this past week. Always a blast, Sarah. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you next week as we start our journey on the road to the TOC. Ah, yes, the road to the TOC. Yes, over the next five weeks, you will get to hear exclusive interviews with our Tournament of Champions contestants right here on Inside Jeopardy, leading up to the tournament premiere on October 31st. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, and follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. And we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>